Greetings to you folks. Uh, it's wonderful to have you with us here today. I'm just introducing the message today. Uh, during the service that we had yesterday, uh, there was a, a power cut which uh, stopped the very early stages of the message being recorded. And so what I want to do is just share with you uh, what I was sharing in the beginning of the message and then just read to you the portion of Scripture, the passage of Scripture that we're going to be using uh, today and also as a foundation for the new series which we are beginning today. Um, so the new series is Understanding the Times. And we believe that this is a vitally significant and relevant topic for us to study as a church. And uh, so today is really just going to be an introduction to this series. We're going to be taking six weeks uh, discussing in this series, looking at scriptures. And, and really, uh, we're wanting to do two things, and uh, this will come out in the message. But these two things are, we want to understand the times in which we're living, which is the uh, very title of the series. But also, we want to know and understand from a scriptural viewpoint what we ought to be doing in these times, how we should be responding uh, in, to these times and conducting ourselves and conducting our lives during the times in which we live. And so we, we're very excited about this series and we do believe that this is an important series in terms of preparing us as a church, equipping us as a church, for the times in which we live and the times which lie ahead of us. And so the, the passage of Scripture that we're going to be using as the sort of foundation passage for this uh, particular study is Matthew chapter 24. And so what I'd like to do with you uh, right now is just read to you from verses 1 to 14, which is going to be this passage. And we're going to be taking out over the next six weeks, we're going to be taking out the various points that are brought up in this passage and we're going to be expounding on them a bit more and discussing them a bit more and looking at what Scripture says uh, we need to be uh, responding or how we need to be responding to these things uh, that are prophesied here in this passage will take place in our time or in the, the times before the coming of the Lord and that we can see taking place all around us. So let me, without any further delay, let me read this passage of Scripture to you and then we're going to cut back to the sermon that was preached uh, yesterday at Sabre Business Park. Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 to 14. This is what we read there. Jesus left the temple and was going away when His disciples came to point out to Him the buildings of the temple. But He answered them, You see all these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. He's talking there about what happened in AD 70, um, about 30, 40 years after he spoke these words, uh, when the temple of Jerusalem was destroyed. And even to this day, there is no temple in Jerusalem. And this is what the Lord was prophesying around about 30 to 40 years before it actually happened. Let's carry on reading in verse 3. He says, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be? So they were asking him, when will the things that you've just been speaking about, when will they happen? When will the, the stones of the temple be thrown down? When will it be destroyed? And then they asked a second question, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And this is the question that I believe the Lord Jesus gets to answering immediately. And this is how he answers it. 
It, say, he, it says in verse 4, And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying that I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See to it that you are not alarmed, for this must take place. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. May God bless you as you listen to the message on this passage that I preached yesterday at Saber Business Park. God bless you. These 14 verses that we've just read are a record of a conversation that took place between the Lord and His apostles nearly 2,000 years ago. The apostles asked Him a question. They said, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? They asked another question about what would happen with the temple. But we want to focus in on the second part of the question that they asked. What will the sign of your coming and the end of the age be. And the Lord Jesus answered them. And we have a record of what He said here in our hands. Isn't it amazing to think that we can hold in our hands today and that we can study today the words that Jesus Christ spoke 2,000 years ago. And obviously when we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about the One through whom God created all things, heaven and earth. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. And He has come and told us things that we need to know. You know, often as Christians, when it comes to Bible prophecy, what we call Bible prophecy, a lot of Christians say, you know, we don't really want to touch that. We, we just want to leave it. But when you think about it, so much of Scripture is actually prophetic. Even the gospel is prophetic. The gospel is a declaration of what God has prepared for those who love Him, for those whom He's called to Himself, for those whom He is saving through Jesus Christ. And so God has given us the prophetic scriptures. Why has He given us prophetic scriptures? So that we can be wise. Today people are running around everywhere. They're going to people that want to read tarot cards, people that are involved in astrology, uh, people that are fortune tellers. We live in a world that wants to know what's going to happen in the future. And people are seeking out knowledge of what's going to happen in the future every way except the way that they should be, which is through the Scriptures. And so we have in our hands God's declaration of what's going to take place. And what God says is going to happen is going to happen. And so even as we look at these 14 verses today, and then we look around the world, we see the very things that 
the Lord Jesus said would happen 2,000 years ago are taking place all around us. We are seeing the fulfillment of His words in our very own time and our very own generation. We are living in times when biblical prophecy is being fulfilled. God is working out His purpose in the earth. And He is going to bring every single word that He has spoken, every prophetic declaration that He has given in Scripture, is going to be ultimately fulfilled. The Lord Jesus said this, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. His words are more sure than the very planet upon which we stand. They're more sure than anything we see and touch around us today. His words are going to come to pass. And what we're seeing is, we're seeing these words of the Lord Jesus, which tell us of certain things that are going to take place, beginning to be fulfilled in increasing intensity in this time in which we're living. And so this is why we're wanting to look and study what Scripture says about these times. And why are we wanting to do it? We're wanting to do it so that we can understand what is going on around us beyond just what the newspapers tell us, what CNN tells us, or whatever channel you listen to. So let's move on and just look at some of the things that the Lord Jesus says here. Firstly, we see he tells us that there's going to be natural disasters. Now, we know that these things have been taking place. There's been earthquakes even before the Lord Jesus came to the earth. There's been earthquakes. There's been famines. We know Joseph way back. There was a famine that lasted for seven years. So these things are not new things. These are not things that have never happened. These have happened throughout the history of mankind. But he's talking here about where there will be an intensifying of these things, where they will become more frequent. And I think that if we look around the world today, we can see that there is something that is taking place. The intensity of these natural disasters is something that certainly in my lifetime I haven't seen. It seems to be getting more intense as time is going on. We also see the Lord Jesus talks here about... Um, uh, wars and rumors of wars, these have been happening from the very beginning. It's not something new. Wars have been happening throughout human history. But he talks here about an increase. That He's pointing here to an increase in war, an increase in kingdom rising against kingdom. We've had relative peace in the world, relatively speaking, probably for the last few decades. But I don't know whether you're sensing that something has shifted just in the past few years. You see, God, because He's sovereign, is able to hold things. He's able to restrain things. But He's also able to release things. And I believe that we have been living in a time where there has been, God has been holding back certain things. He's been holding back the lawlessness and the wickedness and the evil that has been there all along. But people just haven't been able to exercise and do what they pleased. It seems to me like some of those restraints maybe have just been loosed a little bit in the earth. It seems to me like there is a little bit more boldness in the hearts of wicked and evil people to do what they wanted to do. It seems like maybe the Lord has just, just 
eked back a little bit on the restraints. I don't know whether you can see that. Right now, probably for the first time since certainly the Cold War era, we are seeing major military powers beginning to flex their muscles, beginning to vie against each other. For the first time in my lifetime, there is talk about nuclear war that we've never heard before. Why? Because all these powers that are flexing their muscles have nuclear weapons. We're living in a time which is hanging in the balance. We're living in a time where we as believers need to be wise. The Lord also spoke here about an increase in persecution against God's people. He said, all nations will hate you because of my name, for my sake. And I think if we look around the world today, we are seeing an increasing desire to fight against the church. I think of it this way. The West has always been this bastion of Christianity. Freedom of religion. But what's happening in the West? There is a turning against Christianity in the West. I was in America just early on in this year. I've been there three times in the last few years ministering the gospel there. And I can see the animosity against the Christian faith is rising. It's coming out of the closet. It's becoming open. Now if that's happening in the bastion of what used to be Christianity. Where is the world headed? We know what China's feeling and attitude towards Christianity is. There's no friendship between China and Christianity. Just ask the Chinese Christians. And so I really see that we're living in a world which is poised for these kind of predictions, these kind of prophecies that the Lord has given to be fulfilled. He also talks here about a rising of many false prophets, many false teachers, many deceivers. And as we look around the world today, I have never seen it the way it is today. You just have to travel through this nation and you just see the, the, the amount of, the, of false preaching, false prophets, false teaching that is leading many astray. What Jesus said would happen is taking place in unprecedented measure right now in this time. So we are seeing what Jesus said coming to pass. He then talked about people departing the faith. How many people are leaving the Christian faith right now? Do you know that there is a mass exodus? There are people that, are, that have been leading praise and worship. Members of world-renowned Christian bands standing up and saying, I'm no longer a Christian. There are people that have led churches of thousands of people standing up and saying, I'm no longer a Christian. We're seeing people departing the faith. Just as the Lord Jesus said would happen. He said many would fall away. Many would turn their backs on the Christian faith. And we're seeing that happening. In a way that in my lifetime I've never seen happen. We also see another thing the Lord mentions here. An increase in lawlessness. Now how many of you can say there's an increase in lawlessness? 
The lawlessness in this world is multiplying. My dad tells me a story in the 1950s. He would go and he would, um, he, he lived down in a little town called Plumtree. Some of you may have passed through it on the way to Botswana. And he said that they would leave their home and they would go for a whole month down to the South African coast on a holiday and they wouldn't even lock the door of their house. Things have changed. The world is changing. There is such an increase in lawlessness. It's multiplying everywhere. The words of Jesus are coming to pass. And they're coming to pass right now in our time, in our generation. And then the last thing he mentions here is, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a testimony to every nation. And then he says this, and then the end will come. What is the end waiting for? It's waiting for the gospel to be preached in, the, in all the world, in every nation. Do you know how close we are to that being fulfilled? Think back a hundred years. The gospel hadn't even come to Africa in just over a hundred years ago. And today, almost every single nation, almost every single tribe on this planet is receiving the gospel. And the Bible has been translated into almost every major language, I would say, it's been translated into. So the words of Jesus are coming to pass. They are being fulfilled. They're being fulfilled in our time. And he said, then the end's going to come. So what we want to do in this series is we're going to actually use this passage as the, the foundation passage. And in the weeks to come, we're going to take six weeks on this. We're going to go through these different points and we're really going to focus in on each of them. And we're going to look at how our response should be as Christians, to each of these different things that the Lord said would take place and that are in fact happening in our midst. What we want to be like is we want to be like the men of Issachar. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32, it says this about the men of Issachar. It says they understood the times and what Israel should be doing in it. That's what this series is all about. I believe and we believe and as a leadership, we've discussed this and we've prayed over this. And we believe that God wants us as a church to understand the times in which we're living. And not only that, but to know what we should be doing in response to these times. And so this is what this whole series is about. We want to ensure that we all understand these times and that from a scriptural viewpoint, we know what we ought to be doing in these days. We want to be equipped. We want to be wise. And so that's what we're going to do for the next uh, six weeks. We're going to be doing this. Today, I just want to set a little bit of a stage for the study. And I want to remind you of three things as we move into this study. Because sometimes when we talk about these matters, people get afraid. A lot of people want to be like ostriches. They want to just bury their head in the sand and just say, hopefully it'll go away and it won't affect me. But you know that as God's people, we need to remember, number one, that God is sovereign over everything. 
There is not a single thing that is taking place in the world today that God does not control and have authority over. We need to believe that. The devil is not running amok. The devil is absolutely under the control of God. You just have to read the book of Job to see that. The devil couldn't even afflict Job without getting God's permission to do it. God had to say, go. And then he was able to. And God was able to put an exact boundary on what Satan would do. He said, you can touch his body, but you cannot kill him. And you know, Satan couldn't do it. So we need to, we need to look at the subject and we need to look at the, the, the times that we're living in, never forgetting, first of all, that God is sovereign. Secondly, that no matter what happens, we need to remember that we are here for Him. It's not an accident that we live in this time, in this generation, in this nation. God has placed us here. He has ordained our birth. Where we're born and where we're born. He's ordained it all. And we are here for Him. Thirdly, we need to never forget that this world is not our home. We're just, we're strangers and aliens. We are foreigners. We are visitors. We are ambassadors. But our home is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we, should, we must never forget that. We are from above. We are born from above. And that's where our home is. Never forget that. So let's just have a look quickly at these three things. I want to look at this fact that God is sovereign over all. His grace as a sovereign God is sufficient for us. Let's not forget that. No matter what we face or may face in life, in the future, God's grace is going to be sufficient for us. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of the God who has placed His hand upon our lives. We are absolutely secure in His hands. You know, the Lord said to the apostles, He said, Not a single hair on your head will perish apart from your Father's will. He said, Not even a sparrow falls to the ground apart from the will of God. Therefore, you're worth more than many sparrows. You see, what the Lord was saying is we do not have to fear no matter what is happening around us. We can face these times with absolute assurance that God is faithful. We do not have to fear. We do not have to be anxious. Look at what the Lord said in this passage. He said, see to it that you are not alarmed. When the world is shaking around us, we mustn't be alarmed. We can stand with absolute peace because we know the one who holds us. And not only holds us, but he holds the whole world. He controls everything. We do not have to fear. I want to just read some promises to you today. Do you mind if I just read a bit of scripture today? Just listen to these passages of scripture. These are, this is God speaking to us. Romans 8 verse 28, we know that all things, no matter what happens, work together for good for those who love God 
and are calling, are called according to His purpose. Do we believe that? Therefore, there's nothing that will take place in this earth that can harm us. Nothing. Absolutely zero. Let's look at the next one. Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 37. I'm reminding you of some of the things we looked at last week. Who shall separate us? Or we could even say this. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Sword referring to war. Can any of these things that the Lord Jesus said would take place and that are indeed taking place around us, can they separate us from the love of Christ? Absolutely not. Verse 37, no in all these things, in the midst of all these things, while these things are happening all around us, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Look at Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Is the Lord your shepherd today? Are you following Him? Are you one of His sheep? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, when death is all around us, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This is a table right here and now. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Is the Lord your shepherd? Because if He is, these words speak to you. Psalm 46 verse 1 to 11. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. That's us, the new Jerusalem, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters His voice, the earth melts. But the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and behold the works of the Lord. How He has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth the Lord of hosts is with us the God of Jacob is our fortress Isaiah 54 verse 10 
For the mountains may depart and the hills may be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Isaiah 43 verse 1 to 2. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel. That's talking to God's elect. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. Isaiah 51 verse 4 to 6. Give attention to me, my people, and give ear to me, my nation, for a law will go out from me, and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. My righteousness draws near, my salvation has gone out, and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands hope for me, and, my arm, and for my arm they wait. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look at the earth beneath. For the heavens vanish like smoke, the earth will wear out like a garment, and they who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will never be dismayed. Isaiah 35 verse 10. And the ransomed of the Lord, how many of you are the ransomed of the Lord, shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. These are God's promises to us. And they are going to be fulfilled in our lives. No matter what we go through on the way there. He will be with us. Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 6. What a wonderful treasure of a scripture this is trust in the Lord with all your heart how much of your heart all your heart that means we throw and we cast everything upon him we hold on to him because he's holding on to us trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding Trust in Him. Trust in His Word. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. Aren't these wonderful verses of Scripture? And this is what God wants us to do. And so today I'm just laying this foundation as we start to look at these various things and we see how the things that Jesus prophesied can be affected or could affect our lives, could affect people that we know, and how we need to respond as believers to it I want you just to remember that it's on this platform of the sovereignty of God, of the control of God, of His absolute power and His incredibly unbreakable love for His people that we stand. That's what we stand on. There's no other solid rock but the rock of Jesus, the rock of the gospel, the rock of God's promises. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 to 21 as I close. Paul writes this. And I, want, I believe we need to take this to heart. Therefore, consider carefully how you live. In the light of everything that's going on, consider carefully how you live. This is what we're going to be doing in this series. Not as unwise, but as wise. 
taking advantage of every opportunity because the days are evil. For this reason, do not be foolish, but be wise by understanding what the Lord's will is. And do not get drunk with wine, which is debauchery, but be filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for each other in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let's not forget today, God is sovereign. We are here for Him. We are here because of His purpose. We belong to Him. Our lives are His. We are His people. We are here on assignment. And this world is not our home. So as we come into this series, as we go through the next few weeks, just keep these in your mind, these three points. Because I believe it will just give us, it will stand us in good stead. As we go into life, the years, however many years it is, how many decades it is that we have ahead of us, and anything that we're going to be going through, let's not forget these three things. God is in control. He has ordained these things to take place. They have to take place because they are a part of the process that God is using to bring to fulfillment His eternal purpose in Christ Jesus. They are a part of the process that He's using to save His people whom He foreknew. It's a part of the process that He's using to reveal His glory in the earth. And so we're going to go through some things, but we can go through it with confidence we can go through it with wisdom, and we can go through it with purpose. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that because of your word, we have wisdom. Because wisdom and knowledge and understanding comes from your mouth. We thank you, Lord, that we are not those who are ignorant or uninstructed because of the scriptures you've given us. And we thank you, Lord, that you have placed your hands upon us. And we thank you, Lord, that you have the most incredible future prepared for us. We thank you that we have your promises that are sure and steadfast. Your love for us, which is absolutely secure more secure than the heavens and the earth. We thank you, Father, that we are your people and we are in your hand in these times. And so, Lord, we want to, in these times, understand your will and we want to live with abandonment towards you. And so I pray for every one of us here today that as we go through this series, Lord, not only would we be instructed, but, Father, we would be mobilized, that we would be set on fire, and that our hearts would burn with a holy flame for your purposes. And so we commit ourselves, we commit this church, we commit every one of us to you. And we ask, Father, that you would work in us what is pleasing to you. And that you would equip us for every good work. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.